This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast is sponsored by Brewskits, handcrafted dog treats made from spent beer grains, oats, barley, and rye. No chemical preservatives, a great source of fiber, and packed with protein. Visit brewskits.com to see the full selection of treats for your dog and your cat. Receive 15% off your first order by typing in two important words, Fermented Adventure, at checkout. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guest. He's Curtis Blodgett. I'm Rich Shane. The lovely Dawn Ranieri's here, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Curtis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much. Glad to be here. Glad you guys came. We're so happy to be here. Now, what I want to know is, and what I've been thinking about on the way is, how did Beach Bee Meadery get started? Well, that's a, the short long story is, um, we, uh, I was actually thinking about doing distilling and, uh, this is probably seven years ago now, maybe eight years ago. And I was with my wife driving around meeting, uh, meeting distillers, just trying to understand, you know, the process and how they got into it and the steps. I mean, I knew the steps on how to distill, but just in starting their business and we literally were done uh, meeting one person who was actually, make, I believe, making rum. And we looked on the map because we had some time to kill. And on the map was this place, this meadery. And I had no idea what that was. I was like, what? I don't know. Let's go check it out. So we had some time to kill, went to the meadery. I sampled some stuff. I was totally blown away. Um, you know, I've been making beer for, I started making beer like in 85 and did that for a long time for fun and then made wine with uh, different families. Actually, I still do that. Um, so probably made wine for, I don't know, maybe 12, 14 years. I think probably 14 years. Um, so you started when you were 20 because you're still a young yeah, man. no. Anyway, um, so we, uh, we um, you know, tried the mead. I literally looked at my wife at that moment. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. What was, meadery was, was this? I believe it was... And I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Sergio's place. Oh, uh, Melavino. And he had just opened up. It was it was like super beginning of his. We just happened to wander in, basically. And I mean, obviously, Sergio makes great stuff. Um, See, that's the thing. Melavino's an amazing meadery. Yeah. And had you gone to, all right, a good meadery, right. not on that part, I wonder if the trajectory would have changed or where you would have been. You could know. have been a I, distiller. Yeah. Because I'm at, so on the distilling side, my grandparents had made bathtub gin during Prohibition, and I thought that was kind of a cool story. Could maybe bring that back. Obviously, they're since passed on. They'd be they'd be really old now. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a cool story we could bring back. Um, but the whole the whole meat experience just totally changed my life. It's just it was 
it was life changing. That's really complimentary to really change your trajectory and your direction of where you were going because through distillation, you have a lot of equipment here. You've got a very, very, you know, advanced setup here to what cidery has been a few years. Yeah. But what I'm saying though, is that this is a commitment and yeah. buying distillation equipment, buying the fermenters and, and, and the mash tons and all those things, that still is a large financial commitment oh, yeah. too. Definitely. And I'm, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't because there's a whole, <laughs> they have to go through a lot of uh, fire, susp- fire suppression issues in their facilities that, you know, can cost a, an awful lot of money. I've, I've talked, obviously, with the Long Branch distilling guys here, Mark Ella, and learned all the challenges he had. He, we were both opening around the same time, so we shared some fun stories of inspections, et cetera. That's, that brings up a question for me. The question that in my head, too, is this is Long Branch. This is a ocean seaside beach town Mm -hmm. and what's the demographics is this a is this an area that you have all year round residents obviously being a beach town there's an influx it grows during the summer right what's the process or you know picking this area i have a lot of questions in terms of how did you pick the area sure what does the business look like throughout the year mm-hmm. and and how does you know long branch like you mentioned long branch distillery right they're also going for those approvals how did the local municipality look on right. you so that's the, i'm firing a lot of questions at yeah. you at one time <laughs> answer so, the first question third and the fourth question second <laughs> well first we were living in um where were we living when did i start no i guess it was home we lived we were in homedale um that's my, my kids had gone to school there. We lived there about 15 years. Um, so started making some stuff there. We ended up moving to Seabright um, when my kids got out of school because we wanted to be closer to the beach anyway. Um, love Seabright. It's a pretty little town. And we moved in uh, right after Sandy, like literally right after Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. Gotcha. Um, so I guess I, we started here, come to think of it. I was making wine back then. So... We started making mead after we moved here, um, and really spent. We did and what year is this? When you say making mead here, and it's 2022 now, how long has it been? Because you said, "Oh yeah, you should have seen this in the beginning." It's been a long time. So it must have been 2014, 2013, something, something around there. Okay, time flies by. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Um, but my kids were, you know, at the time 21, I think. And uh, I ended up making, you know, lots of stuff at home and trying it. We did around 182 batches at home. Now, this is mead, right? This is mead. Mead and cider. A few ciders. Um, Just thinking about, you know, I I had a quest. I'm like, all right, I know I want to do this new career. But I also knew I didn't know anything about it. Um, You had to have a good product to open up. um, And we had no idea where we were going to be. And so we, you know, spent a lot of time making product, you know, having our neighbors try it and, uh, you know, having the kids try it. My, uh, one of my oldest son got married. We, I actually made some meat for the wedding. So we had two different uh, meads there, which was really kind of fun. Um, I got to officiate the wedding, which was even nicer. Um, the, um, so we, that kind of started that process along. And then we, I would think we spent at least two years trying to find a facility that we could actually, um, have our meter in because there's zoning issues uh, those are the major ones and then there's obviously money right you can find a, a great space and then 
take out your calculator and go, well, I can't afford that with because you're starting with zero customers. So um, that took quite a long time. Now, um, you'd ask about the town itself. The town was actually super, um, just a great town to work with. We had, you know, this was a turnaround kind of neighborhood that we're in. Uh, it's obviously gotten, it's changed a lot in the, I'm on year five of my lease now, I think, second four-year term. So yeah, there's five. a huge building going up that wasn't here last time that we were here. 180 townhomes going in, wow. like literally on this on our block you're going to be busy which could be could be helpful (laughs) could be helpful um but the town was great they you know i I brought a couple places down to meet uh at the time the uh, zoning official Uh, he was super nice took me aside said look here's here are the areas you got to go for you know i could you come in with any address i'll say if it's going to work or not work you know money aside and whatever you got to do to it i'll just tell you but from a zoning perspective and or if you like it the steps you've got to do to to go get um, a a, uh, whatever that thing is called when you get a zoning exception um so they were really great to work with i mean like nothing but great things to say Yeah, because a lot of people when you go and a lot of experiences of people we've talked to well, they don't understand what a metery is. Oh, yeah. Like you said, do you need a fire suppression system here? Right. You don't because you're not doing any open flame. It's not like that mm-hmm. whole distillation process. You're, you know, basically fermenting and right. allowing to, you know, store and flavor and all those other things. And a lot of have the perception, oh, you're making wine or, right. or, or you're exactly. a brewery, to, things like that, right? convince them it was a winery, not a brewery. Right. Or a distillery. <laughs> what does the... Again, going back to the demographics of Long Branch, yes. how does your business change seasonally? No, don't, like I said, I, I fired a whole bunch of questions at you, but how does your business change seasonally? We're, this is March, and now we're heading you know, into what would be considered the summer, the beach, mm-hmm. the, the, where the tourists are now coming back, and the, the residents here who have summer homes. What's, how does that affect your business? What so, changes there? Summertime is by far our best season. Um, we have beach traffic here. Our road, actually, people park to go to the beach, so... We'll get people that are parking on the street on you know the big uh, big you know, July Fourth weekend and all those kind of weekends. So we'll get passers-by just going, well, what what is in this blue building? What what's a metering? And they'll come in, and obviously that's why we do flights. We have seating outside now. Originally, when we started, we didn't have seating outside. That was uh, zoning wasn't allowed for that. That was part of my parking. But obviously, since COVID, um, there's been an exception to have some outdoor seating area, which has been great for us, really. Um, the uh, wintertime, we get a lot of local traffic. We have uh, definitely some locals that come, some regulars, um, some folks in the neighborhood. Um, my son's been doing an outstanding job with the social media, uh, bringing new people in. They're doing some targeting, targeted ads. So like we're having a dog event uh, this evening. Um, Bree is the name of the dog, super nice. Um, Super nice folks. So it's a birthday party for, for the, the dog? dog. Yeah. Really? For the dog. I think the dog has 8,000 followers. It's that like, is so cool. Um, and then you got Ross back there, the Beach Bee Meadery yes, dog. my son's dog, yep. He's here. He's usually, uh, he's the tasting room manager, is what, is what we call him. Um, he's a, but he's, uh, he's really good. But we have, like, local traffic in the winter, people that we can entice to come visit us. And then in the summertime, we can get pretty crowded with... Uh, just you know, people looking for something to do. So a lot of a lot of people come and rent their rent a house for a week or two weeks, and they're just you're just looking for something new to do. And we pop up on the breweries near me, wineries near me, and that's how we found you. Do. Yeah. You know, we because where we go, we type in meteors meteries nearby, just you know, cideries and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy cow, we're 20 minutes from Asbury. 
you know, or or a week depending on traffic. Right. And uh, we said we got to yeah. we got to go check this out. And between Jack and your wife was here, we just fell in love with everything you're making and hospitality and just all that was going on. I'm like, this is like a gem, and I hope more people learn about this. And I wonder for you, location wise, and just your customer base, what is the perception right now of mead? And where do you feel like, and cider as well, mm-hmm. but where do you feel like you're still in that process of introducing new people or the regulars? Where is the process for you in terms of the interaction for what does the guest, what, what's their education, what's their experience like? I'd say it's about 50-50 right now. We get people that know about Mead, search us out, and or we, we hit them with some targeted ads and then they find us and they come. Um, and then there's 50% of the people probably that come to and we're like, hey, have you ever been to a meadery before? Nope. Do you know what mead is? Nope. And so they can, and they find us either by, like we said, breweries, wineries near me, but also we do cider. Cider is way more universal. So the ability with this craft license to make cider and mead has been really great for us because we'll have people come in just to try our cider and like, well, have you ever had mead before? No. While you're in meadery, we're doing flights. Let's just do one. And they'll try it and they'll be like, wow, this is actually pretty good. And then they'll come back for another flight board. We do flights. We do mixed flights um, just really for that reason. We want people to try mead because people still, you know, they don't know what it is. <laughs> which, is which is a wonderful thing that you get to do because you get to bring something to somebody that they get experienced that they may never have had before. And there's a very limited supply of, of who's presenting. I mean, more meaderies are opening up. And I talked to um, I talked to Brian Wing of Greenbench a couple of weeks ago, and they're down in St. Petersburg, Florida. And one of the things he illustrated, and I think you could also talk about, is cider is where craft beer used to be in the early 2000s. But mead is literally, you know, you almost take a 10-year step back from that yes. to say that public perception, education, knowledge, it's almost a step up each way. And... That's why I asked, do you get the newbie? Do you get the experience? Because the experienced cider or me drinker is now looking for, you know, hey, Curtis, what do you got going on in the barrel now? Or what flavors do you have? And, and, and that's like that next level, right? And they're looking for different varieties of different varietals of apples and things like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, do you see the same thing here where the same, you know, timeline for cider and mead, uh, you know, where you are in, in, in Long Branch, New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think... Like people that come in for cider, cider now. I mean, they really want to see a, a new flight or a new uh, new option. I would say each month, or a couple months, or or new se- or multiple ones in a season. They're, they're, and they want to they want to hear. Do you have a sour one? Do you have a regular one? Which is you know really akin to the beer scene, right? Beer was beer, then it was IPAs, then it's fruited IPAs, and it's sours, and you know we're starting. I'm starting to see that from a cider perspective. Mead. Mead, I think, you know, kind of anything goes. It's either low or high ABV, um, but no one's yet coming and ask for a soured mead or, or a, you know, like a fruited sour mead, which we're working on. But, um, awesome. But I don't have one yet. Okay. I, I love those things. Over the summer. Hopefully we'll get one going. <laughs> we, we, we do a lot of test batches here. We do. We really do. I just did a 13-batch test of different yeasts with, a, with one base that we like just to see which one kind of went better. We do a lot of that stuff. That's we met at CiderCon 2022 yes. down in Richmond. 
we obviously had visited here prior, I was so excited, and Dawn and I talked about, we couldn't, knowing that you were going to be there, we couldn't wait to meet you. And understanding and getting to spend some time with you, you have a very technical, scientific, a very deliberate, intentional background to what you do. No, you really do. even, Even the conversations after the classes and after we went out at night, I mean, what was that CiderCon experience like for you? What did you take out of that? So that was the second CiderCon I've been to. I I think that's a great another great organization. You know, super well run. Um, I always get something. I get um, I probably get the most out of just the people. Really, like I think we sat down in the, the one meadery. Um, gosh, Black Blackheath Blackheath meadery. Yeah, talking to them and just hearing about his process. And then we went to that one cidery right down the street. Busky. Busky, right. So there's ciders. I'm I good. I may have had a few ciders I'm, that day. I'm always reminding you. Dawn's like, <laughs> where, did, where did we go? I'm like, those places. Those places. <laughs> that street. And we walked down. Um, but I get a heck of a lot out of that. Um, you know, yeah, the, we the missed whole, you at the Vale. That was a great brewery. You should have... Um, was that the first night? Yes. No, that was... The, you had oh, left oh, early. That was the last night. night. The Vale yeah. was awesome. Yeah, they I were drove incredible. back during a snow ice storm. Oh, was that what it was? That's yeah. why we stayed another day. Yeah. <laughs> so the experience for CiderCon for you? Um, you meet, you like I, the people and I stuff like, the like people. that. I like I'd say most of the educational stuff I, I got a heck of a lot of. I mean, where can you go where you can try like, you know, five different specific cider apples in a flight? I mean, you just can't find that anywhere, right? I mean, it's I, I found that amazing, that, that part of it. Well, bringing that into where you are, this is an urban cidery. Mm-hmm. Is that how you characterize? Yes. You, you characterize yourself as an urban cidery. So the orchards aren't right next door. You're not on a farm. And you also don't have an aviary. Is that where bees would go to, an aviary? Apiary. Apiary. Yes. You don't have an apiary here. So right. talk about sourcing your ingredients, your raw ingredients, and, and how that works for you. Mm-hmm. And do you now expand out? Now that you get to meet maybe additional growers or those that are looking to supply those different varieties, like you said, you can get five different varietals in a cider, and, and maybe right. that's something you're looking to do now as well. Um, it's funny we just had a we just had a joint call with um, uh, Sergio and then Chris from Armageddon talking about the same thing. Um, you know, and I think Sergio brought that up. Like, hey, next time, you know, because we all want to do some really specific apple varieties that and uh, that are quite expensive, really. Um, and there's no easy way just to buy a little bit, right? You're, you're going to have to buy X amount from someone that has it. Um, so we actually talked about potentially doing some sharing where we could maybe all kind of chip in, get X amount, split it up. You might have a truck and a trailer. Um, I've been very lucky that way. I've got some equipment, right? So I can go pick things up if we need to. Um, so we've talked about doing that. From a um, cider perspective, I'm not sure how I found the one place that we're using now, but I used to live in upstate New York. I remember driving down the thruway all the time. There's a, a big section of um, around exit 18, I think, that is, I believe that's the largest apple producing or cider producing, apple juice producing part of New York State. Um, there's a whole bunch of really big places up there. And I think I just randomly called a few and then found one that said, sure, you know, we'll give you guys, you know, We'll, we'll let you guys buy some stuff. Uh, we started out with one tote. Now we go get four totes at a time. Um, they press pretty much year-round. They're huge. They're a huge farm. They have several, multiple barns. 
They suck the air out of them, keep the apples fresh. They do fresh. Pre- they do pressings every uh, every few weeks. Uh, we schedule with them, and they'll be pressing that day. We'll fill up our totes so it's super, it's super fresh juice. We'll bring it back here. <laughs> this time of year, you have to let it warm up. It's pretty cold because by the time we're driving two hours back, you know it's a, it's a good forty two degrees or so. Um, but that's what we do now. I, I just actually found another farm here in New Jersey because I'd like to see if I could keep, keep things more local. Uh, we're actually going to pick up a tote to, um, next week, just a single 275-gallon tote um, to do a couple little batches, uh, with one with an English ale-style yeast and then one with a different uh, yeast that I've done a couple test batches with. So we're going to kind of split that one and do 120 gallons each um, and then hopefully make a, you know, a, good, a good contact with that farm. He's pretty much done. He's a much smaller farm. This is going to be his last run of uh, cider, um, but hopefully we can you know, start to use them in the fall of, or yeah, the fall of this coming year. So this is the last run for the season for him. For him, right? He doesn't have like barns full of gotcha. You know, ciders that he. It, it brings out. up an interesting question because even talking about, all right, you go down to um, Richmond and you talk about the southern apples and the southern varietals. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is there are things that you may, you know, discover that you don't have access to now here or, like you said, with doing some sort of a share, you could bring up some different cider or apple varietals from another region, Michigan or even out in the the Midwest or the South. Would it be an opportunity... Do you think, as you guys talk together, for you going to an orchard and saying, listen, we'd like to plant this area with apples, and these are the varieties we'd like to do, and this, you know, if, you, if you're okay, we'll dedicate this portion of the orchard, you maintain it, but you know we're always going to buy that, and that'll be our orchard for you to purchase. I think that'd be kind of hard to do. You do? To be frank. Yeah, I think, um, I know like uh, Chris at Armageddon, he has, actually has a five acres I believe in Pennsylvania that he's planting um, but that's a super long process and yeah you could be waiting five know, six eight eight years yeah. for those those apples but you're, you're planning to be in business that long right I don't yeah. know maybe but there's there's literally hundreds of places around so I mean I think we can we can do something a little bit easier than that okay so so contract planning or contract you know, orchard you know, maybe in the future, but if, right. I think if it's already planted and they already have some and they say, I have, you know, whatever, 10 Kingston black trees and I get X pounds out of it, that's doable. Um, that's, that's like one of those apples that we tried, uh, at CiderCon, I believe it was a leathery, like amazing taste in one. Oh, I guess. So <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but if we could find something like that now, that, that's kind of what we're all thinking of. Something that we could produce now, right? Because we have to stay in business. Right. You know, could we do that? Sure. I think right now we're more focused on, hey, we need to make some product today that we can uh, get out to customers. When you talked about, and your face lights up, and you've mentioned it a few times, you've talked about yeast. Mm-hmm. You love yeast. I, well, You love messing love around with yeast. Yeah. Right. So what is that for you? Talk about, because I think a lot of times we took the yeast class mm-hmm. and we were so Number, we, we educated our, our palates, understanding yeast now, and it helped us to appreciate cider even more, even beer. And even yeah. we, we were in Kentucky, even, even bourbon mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and whiskey, we were yeah. able to really get a better sense of what the yeast provides. Talk about your perspective or your intentions with yeast and how you apply it to what you do here. Sure. I mean, from either from cider and 
and or mead, right? Um, every yeast is going to ferment at its own optimal temperature. It will give off, you know, different flavors. So you can you can have some yeast that'll with the same base product, some that'll end up tasting like stone fruit. Some that'll be like, wow, there's like this pineapple hint at the end. Even even from an apple cider, right? I mean, they they just impart their own flavors. Um, and there's no real description of a lot of them. So most yeasts that I use are wine yeasts. So there's a great wine description, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the same flavors in a, a cider or a honey, right? And then not to mention that there's 300 plus different single varietals of honey that you can select as well. Same with apples, right? There's single varietals of apples. I'm right now just experimenting with the blend of juice that I get, which is typically up to five different apples that they press together because they make a super consistent cider that they sell. Um, I just happen to buy it to make to make hard cider with. Um, but you know that you, you can spend there, there are I don't know how many Easter there's got to be. 400 at least different. Are you doing any wild ferments or is that something you're looking to do in the future? I'm looking to do that in the future. I've, um, I have, uh, one of our customers is, is into Lambics. Um, super great guy, Mike. And uh, we talk probably every Friday about doing a joint uh, thing together. I think I'm actually waiting for one of my last um, uh, black currant barrels to empty because um, that's going to be a non-charred barrel and we're going to probably do our first uh, fermentation with one of his wild yeasts. He actually has his own. He selects them and keeps them and libraries, libraries them. So that's going to be probably one of our first ones. That's exciting. You've got a couple of things going on right now. Well, yeast is that, it's just amazing. You start, to, yeah. you start to have something like, where, where did this flavor come from? Like, right. where, where is this? How did you make this? Well, you mentioned it's barrels. Exciting. So yeah. you're obviously, you have a barrel program here as well. And mm -hmm. you're also drawing flavor from the barrels. Talk about how you've you know entered into that part of your business and how you go about selecting your barrels and, and really what you're looking for when you're, because look, you get the yeast. The yeast is going to part flavor from the apple or the honey, mm -hmm. but then the barrels are going to come in and take right. over what they're doing too. So, I mean, obviously uh, you do barrels for two different reasons. One is to give, if you like the spirit that it was in, bourbon or tequila or rum or scotch or peated scotch or non-peated scotch. Um, and then we've got different wine barrels and then, then you get the tannin from those barrels as well. So... Um, I think when we first started, we had, I was using just sticks, um, meaning um, oak adjuncts, which are great, um, super consistent, um, easy to get, probably better for the environment, technically. I mean, you're not making a barrel. Um, but uh, you can't necessarily get like a nice Chardonnay flavor out of that, right? It's a stick. It's just going to have the oak in it. And then there's different types of oak and each different types of oak can have different flavors whether it's French oak or American oak and that go on and on forever. But um, we've been selecting the barrels mainly for the spirit that's been in them um, to, to give it another layer. I, we, I, we try to produce stuff that has at least three different flavors or layers within it. Because I don't want to have just a single thing. Like I don't want to make just a, I don't know, raspberry cider. I want it to be there. I want it to be, there has to be more to it. So um, we give that a lot of thought. Uh, we do little test batches. And you, and you can do a test batch at home. Like if you don't know if you want to do like a bourbon barrel or not, 
try whatever you're having with two drops of bourbon and see if you like it. We can't add a spirit, right? Because we're uh, that's not allowed. You can't you can't do that. But I can age stuff in a bourbon barrel. That's fascinating because I never really had anybody give that recommendation if you're looking to start or try to create that flavor profile yeah. add a bourbon to it or add a, add a tequila to it yeah. you know or yeah. a sherry to it right it's easy right and then you can say am I going down the right path right then at least, at least you know you're going it's that scientific right <laughs> one step at a time and see if see if it's going the right way I mean it's not going to be perfect but you can say, wow, these kind of go together nicely, like chocolate and bourbon. Hey, how often do you check your barrels? How often do you like kind of go to them and say, hey, how are you coming along? Um, maybe once a week. Well, once it depends. Like when we first put it in, eh, like three, four weeks later, we'll try it. Um, and then maybe once a month for the first three months. And then if it's going along and it's starting to get where you like it, once a week. Um, we don't uh, – I, I usually – I. I have a little nail in the, on ours, a stainless nail. We'll pop it out, try it. We try to super minimize the amount of uh, oxygen intake. So when we fill a barrel, uh, we fill it up. We usually top it with argon, seal the top, um, and then we have a, a nail in the, in the front uh, face of it on the bottom that we can use. That way we're not using the thief because every time you oh, use the wine all, all thief, that escapes, right? That would escape. You have a greater ability to add bacteria in. Obviously, we ferment stuff here all the time. There's probably boatloads of yeast inside this place, no matter how. We keep the place very clean, but... No, but you've got these old... To to see this, you've got these... You know, where's yeast going to settle? You've got these beautiful old pieces, old beams. You've got this old wood that's there. All sealed, but... But that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeast is going to find a spot. Yeast yeast is everywhere. Are you... Are there barrels, like, in your mind that you'd love to get a hold of or, or ideas to work with barrels that you haven't found yet? Gin barrels. I gin barrels. Gin are hard. I, I, when we first opened, I had a couple Tomcat gin barrels that we happened to get uh, that we did some cider in that were just phenomenal. Uh, I love... I mean, I kind of like gin anyway. That helps. But we did uh, some that were in Chardonnay and then first Asian Chardonnay, then in gin that were the best, I thought, ever. Um, so I'm, we're definitely going to do that again. So right now I've got six, seven, seven Chardonnay barrels for a new batch that we're going to do. That's a cider, uh, Asian Chardonnay with a little pear. Um, we're going to release that probably next month. Um, it's getting close. <laughs> Mermaid Spirits in the Chamonix, and I'm bringing them up again, but he's aging gin in a dad's hat rye barrel. Nice. Not too far from you. So we'll Where is re- he? In the Chamonix, just out of Huntington Valley. I said in Chamonix, Huntington Valley, um, just uh, by Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Wow. So not too far off the Pennsylvania Turnpike either. But I know he makes his great gin, stored it in the dad's hat barrel, yep. and that allows, I mean, it's a smaller barrel, so it's a 15-gallon, I believe. Yeah, that's fine. But that'd be fine. So we'll, you know, we'll, those Tomcats I have were smaller. They were maybe 30-gallon. Just wait. They've got a rye coming out that, that they just still haven't released yet. Um, but they're making a rye up there now as well, so that'll be that'll be tasty, hopefully. Nice. So, so all right. So we're on we're on search now. If anybody out there, uh, when they hear the <laughs> podcast, has any uh, has any barrels that held gin, um, Curtis is all over that. We're, Send them his looking, way. We're looking for those. All right, we'll, we'll make sure we do. Why don't we do this? Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about some of the expressions that you produce and get your perspective on uh, what you're creating. How's that? Sounds great. Cool. Brewskits. Beer, grain, dog, bones, brewskits. Your dog will go wild. Brewskits. Beer, grain, dog, bones, a healthy alternative for your pup. Brewskits are all natural and made in the USA. Visit brewskit.com. That's B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-T dot com. 
We're back, and we're we're here. We've got we've got seven expressions to try, and Curtis and Don and I are saying, where should we start? Cider, mead, mead, cider, and it was difficult to pick your, you know, even the seven from. You've got like thirty-five different expressions to choose from. We have a good, we have a good amount right now. I think seven, six or seven in cans for um, cider. We do everything in cans. Um, then we also have some that are. Which I didn't even tell you about. Which um, we have on tap. We have a prickly pear one. We have a guava lime one. So we're trying to do fun, new or different ciders and as well as meads um, for people to try. So and we'll do little test batches because our whole idea is to have something new every every week or two. Yeah, we talked about maybe like this little experiment. Like your mind is always creating, isn't it? You're, oh, you're, there's, you're, all, there's so many things to try. You're thinking flavor. <laughs> you're thinking texture. You're thinking all these different yeah, things. Aging different barrels, all that. barrels. It, it's it's crazy. There's, that's that's the fun. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Now, what I would think of though is that we have people now that are hearing this podcast that are somewhere in the United States that are not in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, New York, or Delaware. Do you ship? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. We're sort of just probably for this year are just going to continue to do New Jersey. Um, and that's really just to get our process down. You know, I don't. I would hate to have something shipped out not knowing that it's going to get there correctly or, or it's not going to be stable. I mean, they're just... So many, there's only so many things we can do. Right. right we talked now. about that. You talked about the expansions and yeah. the uh, improvements you're making. And we'll talk about that shortly. Yeah. But the reality of it is that, first of all, Long Branch is a nice, short town. You've got a lot to do here. Come down for a beach day. Stay a week. If you stay a week and you start on one day, by the end, you'll have one of that new those new new release <laughs> exactly. expressions you're talking about. Exactly. And you'll be best friends with Curtis and Jack and Ross and everybody else here at the gang here. And Madeline when she's here. <laughs> and Madeline when she's here. Yeah. All right. So did I give you enough time? Did I stall enough for you to decide where to start? <laughs> I guess we're going to start with the meads. All we right. should start with meads. Started with meads. So the first one I think we should try is Pirate Days. That was by far our bestseller this past year. Um, and this is the second year we've made this. Um, and it's kind of one maybe we're known for. We did win uh, an award with that recently at the Texas Meat Cup. Um, so this is a pineapple coconut aged and Jamaican rum. It's like a pina colada in a glass. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, and it's a mixed uh, mixed honey base as well. So it's... Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. This is just, that's just an orange blossom base. Yeah, because I um, get a little orange on the yeah. nose, and I also get that rum. Mm. It's such a delicious this. nose. There's this, this tropical nose to this. Yeah. Now, talk about these awards. Now, how do you go and submit for an award, or how do you decide where to submit to? Um, there's, you know, obviously meat competitions and cider competitions um, that you can find online. Um, the, big, the bigger ones... Um, or like the Texas Mead Cup. There's um, Mazer Cup is the biggest one. That's the biggest one in the in the world, actually. Um, and they, we used to have um, in the previous couple of years, we've had um, MeadCon was held at the same time as the Mazer Cup, same week, um, and that was done out done in Colorado. And I've been out to uh, MeadCon twice, um, and so you'd it's the same just like CiderCon. And that's Everybody, in Baltimore this year. That's going to be in Baltimore this year, and it's not going to be at the same time as the Mazer Cup. Good. Um, but uh, it's also just a great time to meet people. And then you get to taste, like, fabulous meads. I mean, people only bring the really good stuff to a competition, and so that's pretty nice. And it really opens your, opens at least my eyes to all the possibilities 
and that you got to up your game. You know, it's always good to know that you can improve, right? So you characterize this perfectly. This is a pina colada in a glass, pina colada in a mead. And what I love about this is that you still get that Jamaican rum barrel. It's there. And yeah. the, but does the ABV? What's the ABV on this? Do you remember? Fourteen. All right. I, I do most of mine around wine style, fourteen um, percent for the meads. Because I do cider as well. So cider, um, most meaderies, if you're just a meadery, you would have a high ABV mead, wine style probably, and then a lower ABV carbonated. Um, I, we have that already with cider. So I don't feel as much of a need to do a carbonated mead or a low ABV mead because we have a heck of a lot of different expressions we can do in cider. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have that. Um, working on some sour stuff, we'll see. Um, the um, but uh, the pirate days is great. It's just the the pineapple, that nice. It's coconut. so juicy. It's yeah, so juicy. Just sits on I, your tongue. I, I literally just finish. Stick one of those umbrellas in here, and, and I'll just sip Super. this. But it also has a wonderful mouthfeel to it. Yeah. There's there's a viscous, honey, uh, earthy feel that you still get that comes out on the palate. But that ABV, the alcohols, the rum. Just kind of dances on the back and sides yeah, of your tongue. Smooth. It's just wonderful. It's really that's really, really wonderful. Yeah. So wow. I don't know where we go from here. You, you gave us. You gave, it only does it go up from here. This is awesome. That's that's that. I love that. People this is love, tremendous. People love that as well. We're going to do that one as well. Um, I've actually have. I just got delivered a whole heck of a lot of honey back there. There's a small used car's worth of uh, honey, and that's going to be one of the batches that we're going to do coming up. But that's that, that'll be. I still have some of this past year's. That's what you're having now. The next batch will be some point in the summertime. How do you, again, we talked about your apiary. Do you get honey sourced locally or how are you finding your honey? And you said different kinds of honey. So how are you sourcing that? Um, I've been using Dutch Gold uh, since the beginning. They're a very big place. Uh, they're out of Pennsylvania. Um, we're lucky enough that if we really needed it, I could just drive there. I mean, it's like two hours away, but I have a truck. It's not a big deal. Um, but I've actually been trying some different honeys as well from uh, some different places. Actually, I have a bunch coming. I've got some uh, caramelized honey coming this week. We just got some uh, eucalyptus honey. Uh, I think that was from Bee Seasonal. They're, they have great stuff as well. Um, there's just a whole lot of honey. Yeah, because that makes you eat, eat people. And I've got some local honey too. I've, I've been lucky enough to, I've been trying to do more local things. Um, I was able to meet, I've actually met two local producers. One who had enough, I mean, a local producer, they typically sell in a farmer's market. They're going to get a heck of a lot more money than I'm ever going to give them. Because I'm, I'm looking for, you know, at minimum, at least like 60 pounds, like five gallons, which is not that much at all for me. For them, that's like, you know, I don't know, 200 jars or 300 jars, right? So I totally get where they, they can do it. Uh, this gentleman just happened to heck of a, have a heck of a lot of black locust honey because it was a big... I guess bloom and he had a tremendous amount I was talking to him and we worked out a, a, a price that was good enough for him it was definitely more than I would normally pay but I am willing to try that kind of stuff so that's another traditional that will we'll probably do that as a traditional meat like you know nothing in it just a super clean ferment and say you know here's something local um, yeah because we talked about the different varieties of apples but then yeah. you have a whole world of mead that you have so many different expressions of different kinds of honeys that you can use. Yeah, single varietal honeys are, are just amazing. Um, I, I use a lot of orange blossom. I use some great clover out of the Midwest. Um, we've uh, got some avocado honey that we'll use. That, that was in the uh, like in the holy moly that we'll try here. Um, 
chocolate bourbon one, which is just killer. All right, all right. All right. Strawberry all right, rhubarb so is next. The next which is the next one? So the strawberry rhubarb. And we've already tried this. I've, this is already yeah. This is tremendous. I love straw. I love rhubarb pies. I make pies and like when I get all stressed out, I'll go home and make a pie. I like to bake. I like to cook. Um, so. I mean, I had to do a strawberry rhubarb because I like strawberry rhubarb I find rhubarb that pies. funny. You're, you're cooking and you're making stuff all day and then you have, you have to de-stress by going home and cook and bake and stuff like that. So it's fun. I mean, it's what I like to do. Good. Um, and this, again, was another one where I'm, I'm like, I, it's, it's, it's like, you know, uh, if you're watching Saturday Night Live, there's that, that one with, uh, where he's playing cowbell. And the guy's always like, you know, I need more cowbell. I'm like, this one was like, I need more rhubarb. So I kept adding rhubarb. All right, uh, not good enough. Let's, let's order another 100 pounds. Another 100 pounds comes. And needs more rhubarb. That's or another hundred pounds. So we have a there's many hundreds of pounds of rhubarb in this one, um, which you really and it gives you that that nice tartness at the end. Even though again, it's, this is thirteen percent, um, but it just has that really long lingering finish. Um, there's again multiple flavors in here. I, I try to do things in threes, twos, and threes. So you got the strawberry, the rhubarb, the orange blossom. Um, I just think it. Wait, yours is gone. What happened? I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I finished it so fast. It was. Um, <laughs> and I, remember, I, I'm sharing with Dawn too. I'm so. <laughs> I just like that one a lot. But I love rhubarb. So. What's really lovely and to amplify all all of what you just said, you do get the tartness of the rhubarb. You get the sweetness and the and again the earthiness and the the blossom of that honey. Mm-hmm. But the strawberry, like I could stop now. And that strawberry... It's still there. It's, it's still, still there. Yeah. yeah. I have like yeah. 125 pounds of strawberries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like this uh, eau de vie of... of uh, what word about uh, this perfume, this strawberry yeah. perfume that just, just sits... And it plays on your, your nose as well. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of sits back there too. That's the one, definitely one thing I've learned since, quote, going professional is uh, the quality of your ingredients is by far... You know, well, I would say this, the most important thing. Followed by process, but um, it really makes a huge difference, and it, and that's another one where we'll make stuff when we find things that are good. Like our, we have a banana strawberry one that we just happen to find some like four hundred pounds of bananas that were just you just found found four hundred pounds of bananas. <laughs> well, we were in Restaurant Depot and they had okay. them there, and I'm like, I'm like, geez, these smell great, and they had, they were on sale. And I'm like, take out the calculator, I'm like, wow, Jack, what are you doing, Lee? Let's let's peel some bananas. So we, we, it took a long time, by the way, to peel those. That was a lot of bananas. So you're not allowed to go to Restaurant Depot anymore? <laughs> I normally don't get anything from them. I just happen to be there for paper towels or something. And I was like, this, this is great. So the next one we're going to try is, um, we call it Holy Moly. Holy Moly! It's just kind of fun. But this is really our, it's our dark chocolate Asian bourbon. That's our chocolate bourbon one that we actually won an award with. That's another one we just won an award at Texas Meat Cup. This is, and I would have submitted this, but it, we didn't have it bottled yet. Um, so this is the same base, basically, as that. And that's a um, wildflower honey with avocado honey. Um, and then we added a little chipotle pepper. So it's just got that other little note to it. And, and it's, the chipotle is very subtle. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just back there. You get this to me, that first note that I had. Um, Kentucky is known for their bourbon balls. Yeah. So you get the bourbon and the chocolate. And that was there. And mm-hmm. I want to say, again, I, I keep using the word earthiness, but I think yeah. the Chipotle gives the smoky. Yes. Very, pe- much, very I'm much not so. going to say um, um, clay, like this mm-hmm. clay note to it mm-hmm. that really comes out all together. And I'm sure there's some barrel 
note there as Definitely. well. Yeah. That's just, oh. Man, I just like this. How did you come up with the name Holy Moly? I guess we thought it tasted kind of like a little bit like a mole sauce. Okay. Oh, so it's a holy mole. Yeah. <laughs> people come in and say, I'll take the holy mole. I'm like, well, you know. But it's just got that, that little extra at the end. That little, that little One, mole. I just realized, and thank you for bringing this to my attention, what I really enjoy about meads, and you just helped to, you just helped me better understand this, that the mouthfeel. Yeah. And how the mouthfeel is the vehicle to bring all those flavors to your tongue and even as you swallow and just how that just plays and continues to go through. That's what you just introduced to me to recognize in in mead. I think that, so thank you. And I think the honey helps out with that. It just helps. It sounds stupid, but it distributes the... The flavor is in your mouth a little better. It really, I think it really does. It acts as a better vehicle for that. And these have less typically tannin, right, than you would normally get in a wine. So you don't have that tannin burn at the end. These are, and that's what I loved about honey, I'm sorry, about mead, is it's just super smooth. Or you, you can make it super smooth. If you want, you can make it super tanicky as well. I have a, a strong current one. Um, We'll have to try that off camera. I've got some that I haven't bottled yet. It's almost ready, but I think it's super close. If that, I gave it's somebody got, that's this... It's a year in a barrel, so it's got more wow. tan to it. If I gave somebody this, and I held it up and I said, this is a bourbon. This is just a flavored bourbon. It kind of has that look. You really could, yeah. by the eye, yeah. even on the nose, mm-hmm. and then the mouthfeel, this is... I mean, there's definitely bourbon notes in it, for sure. I mean, yeah. was, this is a bourbon yeah. drinker's mead. Yes, Along with just the mead and all the three different flavors you're bringing along, you know, you got chocolate, you've got the bourbon, you've yeah. got the chipotle. This is phenomenal. That was, was a buffalo. We did a couple of buffalo trace barrels. Would be like buffalo trace bourbon. Um, so that's a that's a buffalo trace barrel. I've got, some, I've, I've got some other of our beach house reserve that we typically were doing in buffalo trace. Now I'm actually doing this current batch, which we're going to bottle in a, when I get some time, maybe next week. My quirks just came um, that we did in some peated, uh, sorry, weeded bourbon barrels as well as Buffalo Trace barrels. And um, I think they're the weeded one and gives just like this extra little thing. Um, so, you know, we have their. So you're doing secondary barrel aging. Did you, if I understood that correctly, you're doing the weeded barrel and then you're also doing the Buffalo Trace barrel? Right, so right now, um, because we're a little bigger now, so I, I don't, I try for batches that we're going to bottle to do nothing less than uh, two barrels, which in my case would be over 100 gallons, 104 gallons. Um, that's because you lose a percentage when you filter. Right. Uh, we sterile filter everything, which basically means technically, if you looked at it, we process, we filter it six times. We do rough, medium, medium, uh, ultra fine, which is sterile, and then we do two different cartridge filters after that. So you're going to lose a certain percentage. So I, I can't really, if I'm going to bottle something, I need it to, I need to start with at least that much to end up with a certain number of cases. You know, because we're yeah, obviously trying to shoot for a realistic price point too, right? I, you don't, you don't want to lose half of it in the filter pads and go, oh, this is great. How much do you have? I have. Ten gallons left. Well, it becomes the pappy. <laughs> my filter passed. You you create gallons. the pappy of meat, or or that you know where you're only getting you know twenty bottles of something. Yeah. That now you can charge a hundred dollars, one hundred fifty, two hundred. You can be the first two hundred bottle, two hundred dollar bottle of meat. I don't probably know. Probably already out there. Okay. <laughs> but he can submit. But. but you're making this. Like I tell you what, I, I, that 
the holy mole and the strawberry rhubarb and the pirate days. This is why if you're looking to introduce yourself to mead or if you are enjoying mead and you want more, this is this is definitely what you're looking for. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, let's try the next one. The hula. Right. The hula. Hula. We won. Um, this we reminds won, me of fifty first dates. Second on a, in a Mazer Cup competition. Not last year. The year before. Last year I screwed up and didn't send my stuff in in time, which was just we just got too busy and I had I think I paid for four entries and we didn't send them. Oh, no. It was horrible. But um, this is a hibiscus one, so it's hibiscus, cinnamon, vanilla, and the and there's like a little, little vanilla note. But I, just, I think hibiscus brings a lot to things. That is tremendous. I'm just gonna like start so nice, to create nice a, a button, and then there's just a there's just a touch of cinnamon. I love cinnamon. I can. And cinnamon's neat. Like there's so like three different, at least kinds of cinnamon, and I, like I tried this one with each different kind, type of cinnamon. Um, so what cinnamon is in this one, or is that a proprietary uh, secret? I can't think of the right way to say it, so I'm not gonna say. It, it starts with a K. Okay. <laughs> but there's Ceylon that K cinnamon, cinnamon. There's Madagascar. There's no, that's one vanilla. With a K, and then there's. Um, that's delicious. Oh my gosh, Saigon cinnamon. There's like, there's different types. Floral. You get a little bit of the cinnamon, Just and I love that you. I yeah, love that you didn't make this more like a a, a a fireball, right? Because I've had cinnamon meads like that. But what really ties this in at the end? Is this creamy vanilla mm. that yeah. almost lingers like the Madagascar vanilla beans? Are absolutely, just, just there, like like it's a cool. like a candle. It almost like opens up like that oily candle note to it. That's tremendous. That's really Thanks. Good. Wow. So those were the fun meads we tried. I want to be here on the days that the rejects happen. Well, that's what's going to Is there anything that's bad that you actually make? <laughs> um, no, not that we release. Okay. I mean, we definitely have had some that did not go the way I wanted, and. Jack and I are and Madeline are very specific about you know we will never it does like, you know you can get a bad reputation super easy by getting worried about money with this stuff you can't if you release something that you don't think is your standard but you're worried about money and you release it you can you can kill yourself and do all three of you have to like it not mainly me I would say because I mean I make it all. But they taste it all. They'll definitely give me their opinion. They'll be like, "Yeah, it's not enough. Go back. <laughs> Try again." <laughs> um, Curtis, but, you my, made... but my wife doesn't like coconut. She's like, she just hates coconut. I love coconut that's curry. Just a little, a little I love, hint of it in but there. she that to her would be like, "No, that's yeah. a that's a no go." <laughs> so you made a really good point, especially now as things are more expensive. Yes. Because if oh you invest God. a lot Things of money in honey so or apples, yeah, oh. and so you almost have to say, "All right, we got to keep the lights on, we got to pay right. our employees." But you're right. There's that. What's that tipping point where you start to say, "Well, you know, it's not as good as I wanted it to be, or it's not as good as mm -hmm. I hoped it to be, but we can still offer this." I think that's just a critical it's error hard. That, that customers make. I mean, I came from an IT side. That's in my background. It's probably why I do things in a very methodical way, right? Because <laughs> a comp side math major, but um. You know, you, you see software companies that release bad software. Why? Because they've got, you know, whatever, 100 million in. Ah, I got to get it out. Like, eh. I personally think that's just horrible. So um, I will never do that. Good. Because that's Ever. why you're successful right now. Um, thanks. But let's try some ciders. All right. We got some cool Twist ciders. our arm. So most of my ciders are all sick. I do now trying to do them all around 6%. Um, sometimes the juice comes in a little higher than that. But um, technically, we try to get it right around six. I think five and a half to six 
um, maybe a little bit less, like four and a half to six is a good number. I mean, you can crank these up if you want. You can sell them at eight or, um, but I just think it's more drinkable. So we sell four packs or 12 ounce four packs. So I don't know Have you ever had like a, you know, 10% IPA or a 10% stout. You're like, this is great. And you have like one. Right. And then you're like, I want more, but I'm right. slurring my speech. Exactly. This is no good. So I, we've been trying to tune, tune, turn ours down. We had started at seven, um, but now we're we, at six, and I'm kind of liking the six. Six, I th- still think that's a really good mouthfeel for a cider. Um, and it's a little bit less, and I think people like it better. I think that's a really good approach, and I think it's a good understanding of how do you want to take your customer through this journey. Right. And is it that one and done, or is it, you know what, we can have dinner or just relax on the deck, and we can have a couple of these. And we do mixed four packs now, so that was another thing we, I, we, we did not plan to do. Um, it's not, not strategically, but organizationally, it's stupidly hard. It really is. But people love it because they want to try different things. It's a really big part of our society now. Um, and you don't want to force, I mean, it'd be great if everybody came in and said, I'll take a case and I'll take one of each, but you know, not everybody can do that. And we're not in a super affluent area. We're not. So, um, you know, we try to, we try to, um, make it more approachable. That's recognition of your business and yeah. how you can serve more people in a way that they're going to continue to come back. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, let's try cranberry cinnamon. So this is kind of fun. So this is going to be a nice, I like things that are kind of tart. So cranberry gives that little tartness. Again, this is your personality. And you're going to get apple, and then you're going to get that, the cinnamon. And obviously, we, they've been sitting here for a while, so they're a little less less than uh, less carbonated than they would be. But um, again, it's like notes of three, right? Three, three to four different things you'll get out of this. And you get a nice apple note as well. Um, and we actually won an award with this. Just it'll be in Cidercraft magazine this month or the month of congratulations. Thank you. This is a judge's pick, which is really cool. So, and that was a that was a really big worldwide kind of competition. Mm-hmm. So, we flipped out when we heard about that. That's delicious. Um, so you'll get that. I I like it. This is like this is my wife's favorite one of everything. She's like, can you bring home more cranberries? And I'm like, there's only so many left. <laughs> that is really good. I appreciate the desire to fulfill your palate in a way and what I'm saying to that is you liked hard things yeah and rhubarb yeah but that to (laughs) me that's welcoming because a lot of of the cider or mead producers might continue to try to produce something that may not fit their personality but satisfy where they think they should be Mm -hmm. in the marketplace and this is refreshing because I don't think you get a lot like you said you're working on a sour, right? You're working yep. on something that maybe not mainstream or where the Definitely not mainstream now. But. No, but but then now people see you doing it, and then it becomes mainstream. Well, we'll see if we get there. I haven't gotten one that we like yet, but we're getting closer. On the nose, you don't get as much of the cinnamon, right? But on the mouth, there's really that much cinnamon in there. You get a little <laughs> bit where it warms you up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that a, a little bit of a sweet that that cinnamon gum. On the on yeah. the palate, yeah, I get it now. Like at the end, right here. But done. that cranberry tartness, yeah. This is New Jersey. I mean, we're known for cranberries, yep. and this Absolutely. is New Jersey right there. Absolutely, that's awesome. So that was kind of a fun one, um, and this is how we do these. Like so, for example, this one and the next one, 
we, I think one day, maybe we had 20 different combinations of things that we'll try because, and again, we, you don't have to try it with a lot. You can just do, you can make one quart batches or one gallon batches or like, you know, you don't have to go nuts with this, right? And we make, I make really small ones. I might do one quart, then a gallon, just to try things together. And you can infuse stuff over time. You can put one ingredient in and come back in three days later, obviously measure it so you know how many grams you're putting in so you can re recreate it. But add things in just like you're doing a recipe at home when you're cooking. It's the same idea. There are still apples there. Yes. And you still taste apple. Yep. yep. And again, I'm not ver well versed in the different varietals. I know you said there are five different yeah, apple again, varietals I, in there. I, I, it's our a blend. Apple, our apple juice is a blend. There are right. no specific cider apples in it. I mean, that's what I can get. That's And that's why um, we were talking on our little uh, New Jersey Meat Alliance um, phone call. You know, we, we all would love to do single varietal cider apples, which are totally different than this stuff. Because these are technically called sweet or, you know, cooking apples. Real important, though, because I still get apples, and that's what I want to get in a cider. And again, going back to some ciders we may have mm -hmm. had, it's like it becomes just this flavored beverage that right. you stop and say, is this just flavored fruit juice? Where where do uh, the apples go? Yeah, no, but this hard. is No, but this is there. It's there. And, and that's wonderful. That's crisp, refreshing, delightful. That's outside on the yeah. summer, spring, fall day, winter. You could mull that. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. No, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's kind of fun because it's different. So I've never had a rosemary cider before, um, but I had some red currant. We tried a whole bunch of different things, and I thought the rosemary went with it. So the rosemary is there, but it's not... Again, it's oh, not. I can, you can, I can pick it up. But it's not. It's not like over. Hopefully, it's not overpowering. I think again, the key to understanding your ciders and meads are, you get essence and you flavor. Get two sips to get over right. the cranberry one. Do two sips. You get essence and flavor <laughs> of, but you don't get. Nobody's coming out like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Right. I'm going to punch you in the face with rosemary. I'm going to punch you in the face with currant. I'm going to punch you in the face with cranberry. You're getting just this wonderful symphony. You're the conductor of a wonderful orchestra is what you're doing. That's what it is. That's fine. Yeah, you got the oboe. You got the bassoon. <laughs> you know? Hey, Rosemary, you show up here and over here. You know, That's what I see you do with it's, this cider. That's fun, delicious. Fun stuff. Yeah. Now, did this win an award or is it going to no, win an award? No, that... Should we make an award? This is getting an award. <laughs> you, can award. you can make an award for that one. We'll probably do that one again in the fall. What did we say we're doing the... Uh, uh, Fred Minnick does the Ascot Award, Ascot Awards, and we're doing the uh, Fermented Adventure Pocket Square Awards. So <laughs> there you go. We're we're bestowing a Pocket Square Award to well, this. Thank you so much. Well, cheers. To we don't have medals. <laughs> you make them. Mm. Really good. I think it's an easy, easy, oh, yeah. easy drinking. Doesn't kill you. That has a little more. It seems like on the on the back of the mm -hmm. mouth, it has a little more residual sugar to it than the yeah. current one does. Or the cranberry one does? Uh, probably just because I think the cranberry is in itself, the juice is just tartar than, than the Yeah, maybe that tart, because of the tartness, it dries out your mouth a little bit. Yeah. That's true. This is like a mad science experiment. I love it. And then the last one we'll try, which I love, is our mango habanero. I've been waiting for this one. All right, you go first. <laughs> so this, by, by the way, this has, this, this is the, the driest of them all, but, huh. um, 
but you wouldn't know because the mango just mango itself gives great mouthfeel, um, and then the habanero there just kind of it gives it warmth. So you'll drink it, you're like, there's some, and the more you have, the more it just kind of warms you up. So it's not meant to like burn your face off. It's not no, like it a, doesn't. It's not like a jalapeno margarita where you, you drink it and you're really, like, oh my god, really subtly in the background. You do, and then the more you have of it, you're like, oh, wow, I just love it. Before we taste this, yeah, I want to tease the audience. Because we're going to continue to tease the audience. Okay. Talk about your logo. And how did you come up with the name Beach Bee Meadery? Oh, Obviously, we're at the well, beach. I get it. But. but there's two fun stories about that. Okay. So on the meadery side, this is back before, I think when my kids were still home. My kids are men now. They, they're, they have careers. One's right. in Philly. One's in Colorado. And my youngest works with us now. I'm very blessed to have them here. Um, we were in a minivan driving around. And Mal and I were talking in the front seat. Yeah, I want to start this meadery thing. And they're like, well, what would you call it? And and I think it was Nick. We're like, oh, like well, by the, what's B? You know, you know, we're just hitting all these different ideas up, just basically spitballing ideas. And he's like, well, you're by the beach. I'm like, yep. He's like, I don't know, beach, beach B. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. It's different. And then we eat and we wanted to be, I forgot, we wanted to be a different name, and I looked it up, and it was actually the name of the Navy engineers, CB. Oh, CBs, yeah. And the CB happens to be my initials as well. I'm like, this is great. It's my initials. It's got a name. And then they're like, like no, there's a giant organization <laughs> that has that name. That will not work. Well, you could do, you could put a label. Yeah. And do one, you could create one of your meads or your ciders as the CB or something could, like that. You could do that. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. But so that's how we got the name. And then the, um, the uh, logo, we did our own logo. It was actually on Beechwood. Um, so it had the B on Beechwood. And I was still working my other job, which I actually worked up until this past September. Um, and I was commuting to the city. I was sitting next to someone. And we just struck up a conversation because I think she was reading about cider or apples, and it turned out she has a house in Vermont, and this and that, and it's really nice. I had no idea who this person was, by the way. And she's like, well, what's your logo look like? And I'm like, well, that's the logo we have. She's like, oh, can, I, can I take this with me and bring it to like one of our artists? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm a computer guy. I don't have any artists, so sure. <laughs> Didn't see her again for a couple weeks. A couple weeks, I see her commuting to the city. I'm like, hey, did you ever hear anything back? She's like, oh, hey, here's a name. Right, just name, name and number, not check. Call this person up. I think they can help you out. I'm like, well, could I, you know, have you guys? She's like, you cannot afford us. I'm like, okay. Well, I didn't know it at the time. I found out that indeed I could not afford her. She does like huge companies. Um, she, her company does huge companies. Anyway, she gave me the name of a person um, and uh, she had her own business here. I think maybe she had recently left the company and started her own design firm. Turns out, when we met each other, she ended up living in the same town as us. Had no idea. We looked at each other's. I'm like, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, hey, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, she's like, do you have like a Bernie's mountain dog? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, do you have like a whatever it was little dog? And we had seen each other walking our dogs, which is really kind of funny. Um, yeah, because you have a big Bernie's mountain dog and a little we dog. Did, yeah, we did. She's passed away like a few years ago, but it was, like, it was quite a while ago. But um, it was. Just so funny that, like, it's just a weird circumstance or a small world. And uh, she came back with three different designs. We, you know, we paid her for her advice. And uh, 
she, I thought, nailed it. She's like, well, you're by the beach, and here's some ideas on how to bring those things together. So it really does pay. It really does pay to pay a professional to help you with some things. Well, I love the logo, and, and the sand dollar and the B on top, <laughs> it, just, it just pops, and yes. it really gives that yes. experience of where you are. And you talked about, you know, for summer or as the things that you're doing to improve, you, you've, got the in, you've got this wonderful inside tap room where it's open so you can see the fermenters, you can see where you're, mm-hmm. you're resting the barrels, and you've got this outside area with the palm trees. What can people expect, you know, as they start to come to the meadery in the spring and summer now? What, what are some of the things you're looking forward to offering? You mentioned yeah. live music right now. Yep. So we, we haven't had any music. Um, we're looking to bring that in this fall. Um, outside right now we have fire tables. We transition those to little tables with umbrellas, which is really nice. Um, we were lucky enough to get all these trees for free um, from a landscape place. So they'll, they'll be, they'll hopefully have made it through the winter. We'll get those all outside. We'll have a really nice beachy feel outside. And then inside we've, you know, we had for COVID, we had, uh, you know, every business been through COVID had, I'm sure lots of challenges. Challenges, restrictions, restrictions, distancing, distance. So I we ended up moving our bar from the original location, basically out to our garage door because that's for quite a long time the only place we could serve from. Um, so we're going to bring it back to where it was. We've uh, we're going to update it quite a bit. Um, we have a huge walk-in cooler now. We're going to have more things on tap. Um, just a way more efficient process to come in. And it'll be way more inviting, I think, when you come into our tasting room, which I think is not so bad now. It is. It's awesome. Um, I love it. Great vibe. It, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll look even a little bit nicer. Where would you like to see Beach be in the next five years? We turn around, we come back, we said, hey, five years ago we met, we sat down. Um, where, where is the five-year? The five-year view for us, we would love to be, I mean, we love it here. If we could make this place somehow more outdoor space, we would. Um, if we have to move, that would be probably the number one thing we'll do next time is have a significantly bigger tasting room with an outdoor area, more of an experience. Um, and, you know, we're looking. Um, um, and just a wider varietal of things to, to taste and try. And, and you know, as, well, actually, you weren't in that, that class, but we're already thinking about how we can put aside different things for... Uh, future releases meaning we'll instead of doing like a three barrel two barrel batch we'll do a three barrel one I'm sorry bottle two maybe take the last one bottle it but yet put it away and say we're going to open this in two years or three years Um, because things do get better with time they really do if you do your process right so we've not talked about this habanero Oh, did you like cider? I haven't even had it yet. Well, you got to try it. Okay. (laughs) So very mango forward. I love mango. Mango habanero. Um, And just the warmth of the habanero at the end, it'll it'll kind of just warm you up. The more you drink, the more it warms you up. Take a couple sips. But it's very subtle. Um, And believe it or not, I wanted it to be a little spicier, but kind of like it. It's subtle. Um, I love it right now. I think it's really easy drinking. It just warms you. So you get that mango, then it warms you. You'll, you'll definitely get that flavor of the habanero, but it doesn't, there's no burn. There's like zero burn. I think it's just like warmth. Yeah, this doesn't need to scare anybody. Right. Because a lot of times people Which say, does. most people are like, you hear habanero, right? You're like, ah, I don't want to try it's that. Like, well, because everyone's had that. Everyone has been to a bar and said, I'll try that jalapeno margarita. And either it's okay, or it's three jalapenos cut up with seeds. And you taste it, and then you're like, "Well, I can't even have dinner now." Like, so I, I don't want stuff like that. Because um, 
Is there an ingredient you haven't used yet that you're dying to use or excited to try working with? I've got some Marion Berry. What's Marion Berry? That's, uh, that, that's wasn't that the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C.? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a, a hybrid. It's um, blackberries and raspberries together. Um, but it's more of an earthy flavor to it. So we'll be hopefully doing something with that this year. It's in my minus 20 degree uh, freezer at the moment, waiting for me to use it. Um, well, I love... I personally love ice ciders. We, we went to Quebec, um, Quebec City probably maybe two years ago. Mal and I did um, tried all the ice ciders up there, and Quebec City is beautiful anyway. Um, right in the water, lovely place, great history. Um, and I've actually made a bunch of ice ciders here. I technically can't do a straight ice cider because we can't sell cider above eight percent ABV, but there could be some ways that we could maybe mix some honey with it and do more of a honey ice cider. So stay tuned on that. Um, I did many of them. I was so pumped to do an ice cider, but I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I hate laws. Maybe they'll change. And I don't know about that one. I think what I... I hybrid might work. What resonates with me now that we finally got a chance to sit down is just the mark, I believe, that you're leaving on the cider and mead community. The personality that you're introducing into your ciders and meads. And really, the experience that people get to have that you're going to try something so wonderful when you come here and they're all going to be great that if people haven't tried beach bee meadery and cidery <laughs> yeah. if if you're not sure look this is a destination i think if you're going to asbury park in the northern beaches or even somewhere in new jersey this is a place you want to go for the day or the week and really try this and there's some nice places right around here that's that's the other thing like long branches come a long way in the, in 20 years or so that i've known the area it's changed quite a bit. Um, I think it's a really nice place now. There's some, you know, there's some beautiful boardwalk now. They they never had a boardwalk before. Now there's a really beautiful boardwalk right down the street. Um, it's just a great area. It's it's, an, it's a nice area to come and come and visit. Where can people find you on the socials? Oh, follow us at Beach Bee Meadery. Um, and actually, we'll have a new one. We'll have a new one out. Yeah, I don't know if I can announce it. Okay, this is a I scoop. Think gonna, I think we get a scoop. A drink Beach Bee. Drink Beach Bee, okay. Drink Beach Bee. Well, we'll, that'll be out probably next month. Cool. Um, and then just our, really our website. But if you can follow us at Beach Bee Meadery, um, that's the key thing. My son does all the social media stuff. He does a great job at it. Um, well, at least I think so anyway. And, um, and you can uh, see what we've got going on. I thought of something. Do you do things with food trucks? Do you have them come by on the weekends? To... Food trucks have been very challenging here in New Jersey. Okay, because I know if you're close to if you're close to food, they don't want them, and yeah. everybody gets a, a little uppity about that. Yes. So um, we what we do have are great restaurants right nearby, and people every day, all day, order. They deliver right to our front steps. Um, and we've got some fabulous restaurants right nearby. So you can bring in food. You can bring in food here. We can't serve Have your food. lunch. Have your dinner. Yep, bring absolutely. food. Have great meat and cider. And you can get everything delivered within, you know, 10 minutes of ordering it or so. Uh, it'll show up here. Most drivers know where we are. I guess most people order food here, so it's really nice. We do have little snacks, but um, we love having people come. We've had... And you love having dogs come, too. Dogs come. We're dog-friendly. We're actually friendly pet, pet-friendly. Any pet... We had somebody bring a pig one day. It was a friendly pig. That I got to see. That was very cool. Um, but we've had bachelorette parties here. Um, again, 
people bring their own stuff, we are we are fine with that. If it's a nice day, we can set you up in your own corner. You can be by yourself outside. Um, they love that because they get the experience, and then they actually get their own little world, which is kind of fun. Um, and we've had bachelor parties here, too, come to think of it. And we're going to have a big dog event tonight. So, Is fun. there anything that we haven't talked about on the podcast that you want to make sure that if somebody wants to learn something else about Beach Bean Meadery that we don't miss it? No, just that we're super friendly. We'd love to say if you have any questions on anything, we'll answer it while you're here. I think we've got an amazingly great staff uh, that know our product. Um, I force them, which is kind of funny, to drink and try new things as we bring them out so they, they know what we're serving and know how it's made. Um, and if they get stuck, they can ask Jack or myself. And then um, look for us in a farmer's market near you this summer if you're in New Jersey. So that's it. This has exceeded my expectations. This is, I mean, we, we found, and we met Jack and Madeline yes. when we first came out here. And Where was I? I must have been on the road. You were not there, but we loved, we was like, wow, I can't believe we haven't been here. And now we found you, and this is great. But sitting down and talking to you and going through and having the tour of all the things that you do, this has definitely exceeded my expectations. You're awesome. Thanks and so much. thanks oh, for guys. becoming a friend great. of Fermented Adventure. It was great to meet you guys at uh, CiderCon. At CiderCon. I'm glad we can. Yeah. Hope we can do this again. We will do it again. Thank you so much, Curtis. Thank you.